We don't always feel strong and capable. Sometimes we feel really rather weak. This sermon is for those times. It's reflecting on 2 Corinthians 12 verses 2 to 10 and Mark chapter 6 1 to 13. It was preached on the 4th of July 2021 at St Mary's Dis. You are listening to a sermon from the Pilgrim Path with your preacher Samuel S. Thorpe. May I speak in the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Someone was telling me that whenever they move, the world seems to swim and a dizzying vertigo threatens to make them fall over. Someone was telling me that they've been left fatigued and achy from side effects to their treatments. Someone was telling me that their wife is dying of cancer, even after multiple operations. And someone was telling me they don't know how to make their anorexic daughter smile in the way that she used to. One person told me that they invested all of their savings into their business, but trade is slow and revenue is down. Another, that their children are being let down by the professionals who are supposed to be supporting them. We turn on the news and we hear of marriages failing, of COVID cases rising, and even that the Gulf of Mexico is burning. And last week you heard me share the realities and difficulties which our churches are facing. If we add into the mix our own lives, our own health, our own concerns and our own weaknesses, perhaps it all begins to seem somewhat overwhelming. I'm reminded of a scene in The Lord of the Rings when Theoden, a king trying to defend his people from a horde of monsters, Ask, what can men do in the face of such reckless hate? What can we do when the odds are stacked against us? When the world is in such disrepair? When the devil taunts us about our weaknesses and when the lure of sin whispers into the corner of our hearts, it's not worth it. Just give up now. Well, this is what Paul is reflecting on in our reading this morning. Despite speaking first of a person who had a powerful spiritual experience and revelations, which he can't even begin to repeat to us, Paul stresses that this is counterbalanced by a thorn given to him in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment him, to keep him from being too elated. This passage is notoriously hard to parse out. Each commentator I've read has their own perspective on which of the many theories are available as to what it might be that he means is happening with this fawn in the flesh. Some suggest that the fawn was a physical ailment given in the flesh. The sense of the word which we hear as fawn means something pointed, kind of like a splinter or a thorn, or maybe even like the hook on a fish hook. Perhaps Paul experienced a recurring pain somewhere on his body. 
Others wonder if this same physical ailment is the one that he mentioned in Galatians 4, where he writes, You know that it was because of a physical infirmity that I first announced the gospel to you. Though my condition put you to the test, you did not scorn or despise me, but welcomed me as an angel of God, as Christ Jesus. What has become of the good will you felt? For I testify that had it been possible, you would have torn out your eyes and given them to me. This seems quite strongly to suggest that he was having an issue with his eyesight. And some have wondered whether the thorn refers to the prickling sensation, and whether it's likely that Paul had some kind of bacterial conjunctivitis, an infection of the lining of the eye which is known to be very itchy indeed. It's one option, though others have suggested that a stake might be a better translation, and that Paul is referring to being beaten or tortured by another person. With there being several occasions in his life where we know that he was beaten and locked up in jail, this is a possibility. It also reflects the confusion around the phrase, a messenger of Satan. Is this a metaphor for a person who is causing Paul's Paul pain, or is it a more spiritual cause, or maybe even a mental health cause? For instance, some people think that this is a reference to having depression. As in chapter 1, Paul writes, We were so utterly unbearably crushed that we despaired of life itself. Even if not depression per se, it could be a reference to the emotional turmoil that he feels for the churches or even a lack of confidence in his speaking ability. For people were saying of him, his letters are weighty and strong, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech contemptible. Chrysostom believes that the reference pertains to Hymenaeus and Alexander, and all of those individuals who were actively arguing with Paul and seeking to oppose his ministry. Yet another alternative is offered by Calvin, who thinks that Paul is simply referring to every kind of temptation and acknowledging that all temptations are efforts to dissuade us from the good news of the gospel and thus are to be resisted. This has the benefit of being a valid spiritual principle which we should take seriously, even if we're not sure that that's what Paul was meaning when he was writing this letter. And so you might ask me, what do I think? Well, I think that one of the defining characteristics of this passage are the confusions around the multitude of possible meanings, such we'll never know for sure what Paul had in his mind as he wrote these words. However, each of the options are plausible and meaningful. Paul's affliction may have been within himself, whether that be a physical ailment, something to do with his mental health, either depression, anxiety, or self-esteem, or his internal wrestles with the temptations of sin. It might have been more circumstantial. His concern for the churches he loves, his regular frustration of his travel plans to visit them, or the general situations of the world in which he and his fellow ministers of the gospel found themselves. Or it could well have been external attacks on his person, at the hand of someone beating him, 
or aggressively opposing his presence and ministry, either to his face or by maligning his character to other people, or even spiritual attacks from the devil and the forces of sin, which hate the gospel. I am inclined to say that this passage presents us with Paul being honest about his weaknesses and his very real struggles against sin, the world, and the devil. So much so that three times he appeals to God and asks for this to be taken away from him. But God said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. So I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me, Paul writes. Therefore I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities for the sake of Christ. For whenever I am weak, I am strong. I wonder how often we've done the same with our own struggles, bringing them before God and asking him, Please, Lord, take this away. Or please, Lord, don't let that happen. And sometimes he does answer our requests. God is the God who heals. He makes the blind to see, the deaf to hear, and the lame to walk. But sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he says to us, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Indeed, God is the God of resurrection, of bringing life out of death and unexpected light out of darkness. Sometimes it's precisely within our pain and weaknesses that God's power is most keenly felt, enabling us to have a peace such as the world cannot give nor understand. Sometimes his power is found in using our weaknesses to connect and resonate with others who share similar difficulties to ourselves so that they too might glimpse the glory of the God who, for our sakes, did not opt to rule purely from heaven, but became a human being just like us, so that embracing our weaknesses and even our death upon the cross, he might offer us the redemption of our souls and the hope of an eternal life in his presence. We are not gathered here today because we are strong, righteous, and worthy, but because we are weak, flawed, and sinful. We are here because we have heard that whisper in our hearts which tells us that we're not good enough, that we should just give up. And in the face of that whisper, we have decided to say, no, that's not true. At my baptism, I was commanded to fight valiantly against sin, the world, and the devil. I may be weak, but in my weaknesses, the power of Christ dwells within me, and so I will make my way to church to confess my sins, to be forgiven, to hear the word of God, and to taste the promise of eternal life in the bread of the Eucharist. You might not have used those exact words this morning when you got up. But I assure you that no matter how frail you're feeling, how battered your heart might be by the world around you, that the moment that you reach down and pull your shoes onto your feet to come to church, 
the powers of sin, the world, and the devil shudder and tremble at the impossible hope that we have in Christ. Let us, therefore, whatever weaknesses we have, come in a short while to feed on Christ in our hearts by faith with thanksgiving, so that we might be strengthened and find contentment as we hear the voice of God say to each of us, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Oh.